All right, welcome on in everyone to the Rockies Now podcast. We got a special guest. We got Justin from JMC Sports on Instagram. Justin, how you doing? I'm all right. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Um, you want to get started? Sure. Yeah, I'm ready to talk about baseball until the end of time. <laughs> right, right. With the lockout and all that. Yeah. So uh, let's get started with Rockies baseball. Let's talk about the DH spot first. I'll go first. Uh, most likely with the DH coming in into 2022 there are two players i think a lot of people on the rockies are expecting to be in that position and those two players are charlie blackman and connor joe um i'm going to go over my two players uh that which are which is connor joe and charlie blackman and what i think then i'll hand it off to justin um first of all connor joe great amazing story of how he uh went through cancer back in 2020 and was invited on the Rockies camp back in 2021 in the spring. Got invited, um, did pretty well, then all of a sudden made a huge impact in the clubhouse uh, this past season. And uh, a lot of people believe that he will be a Rockies for several years to come, hopefully. And I think he's a guaranteed fan favorite in Denver. And uh, I'm excited for Connor Joe. And then we go to Charlie Blackman, who is, uh, I know he's one of your favorite players, Justin. and. Uh, my favorite player yeah right and so you know charlie blackman he's 36 now and a lot of people including myself are kind of worried that his power is going away slowly and it's not really something that we want to see but a lot of people including myself are expecting him to most likely be in the dh i'm not sure about you that's why you're going to give your opinion in just a second but you know charlie blackman you know for me i think there's still power there for him to do well in that DH spot. I know this past year was a struggle for him. I feel like as he's getting older, he's not running very well anymore. He's not this, you know, stolen base guy that we all once knew uh, when he was younger. Um, his defense in the outfield is okay. It's not great. He has a great arm, though. He, he has a very good arm. Uh, you know, he was a pitcher in, a, in college, I think. And I think, you know, for sure. I love Charlie Blackman, but I feel like for him, he just needs to focus on the hitting part of it. I think DH would be wonderful for him. However, there's the aspect of, is he going to hit well? Because you take a look around the you know the National League and the the American League, for sure, because now they have the, uh, the DH for, uh, well, now I'm talking about the National League. They have the DH now, uh, undoubtedly, for the 2022 season. But... When you think about the DH, it's usually a guy that goes for power, you know, and hits home runs. Charlie Blackman is really not that guy anymore. And so, for me, at least, I think the Rockies are going to have him at DH. Who do you think will be the DH for the Rockies going into 2022? Uh, I do agree that I think Charlie Blackman will be the DH, although I don't want to see him at that position anymore. Uh, if we're talking Charlie Blackman from a couple of years ago where he was a defensive liability in center field, absolutely. But in right field, um, looking at different defensive numbers that measure the same thing, Charlie Blackman only really had a negative through DRS last year. That's not actually that awful considering he is 36, considering he is pretty slow. Uh, but when he got to the ball, uh, you know, he got there. Right field, you're not really expecting fantastic defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has that amazing arm that I've mentioned 100,000 times by now. Led the league with 14 off, uh, outfield assists. Um, and that's valuable from right field, obviously. That's what right fielders are known for. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, weighing his somewhat poor defense, it's only going to get worse because he's getting older, with his 
you know, definitely off the mark Charlie Blackman offense that we've seen this year. Uh, 761 OPS. I'm not sure about you, but I don't really want to see that off the, out of the uh, yeah. designated hitter position, mm-hmm. especially when you compare that to uh, Connor Joe, who, you know, looking at his offensive numbers, they're impressive, but you also have to remember he only played 63 games. Uh, 285, yeah. 375. I put some stars around 375 on base percentage and a 469 slugging percentage. Those things, those two numbers are not something to shy away from, especially in Coors Field. Um, and uh, Connor Joe, I also have his defensive numbers, but again, different position. Left field doesn't really require as much running. Um, or it kind of does, but uh, his best defensive position, especially compared to first base, he, were, he had four defensive front saves as well as a 4.7 UZR. Uh, but comparing the UZR, which is, I don't know if you know that stat. I really don't know much yeah. either, but... Uh, I know it measures how many runs a fielder saved. But when you compare them with Charlie Blackman and Connor Joe, they're really not that far apart. Connor Joe, 4.7, and Charlie Blackman, the 4.3. So personally, I would rather see Connor Joe at the DH because he clearly is the stronger hitter, and I would rather have a strong hitter at a hitter position. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I remember Connor Joe really had a good August. Like, Connor Joe and CJ Crone were like the two good guys on the Rockies. Like, I remember Connor Joe. He had multiple, you know, I just remember now that multiple. he had multiple home run games where I think he had two home runs against the Marlins at one point, hit two home runs against the Cubs, I think, you know, in a series. Uh, Connor Joe, he, he has power, and I think that when he first came up in April or May, you know, we were like, oh, yeah, maybe the, he has some power, but, you know, he might hit, you know, uh, a, a couple home runs this year. Connor Joe, uh, he, you know, he surprised a lot of people. I mean, he, he drove in a lot of runners. Um, and you know, yeah. And so he, he surprised a lot of people. And however, we, like, I think Bud Black knew that there was something there. And I think that that was a very good thing by Bud Black to call him up and bring him onto the roster. And no, no question. Like whether it's Charlie Blackman or Connor Joe, uh, they're going to get, they're both going to get their fair share of playing time, especially for Connor Joe. You cannot have him off the roster. You cannot call him down to AAA. That would be just stupid, right? So, exactly. um, yeah. So moving on to roster positions, and this is going to be pretty simple. We're just going to go over some of the, uh, the positions in the lineup and in the field infield catcher and, and all that. So starting at in right field, most likely is going to be Charlie Blackman. Should he not play the DH? Um, if Blackman is the DH um, in right field, I think we've seen Jonathan Daza play in right field. However, the question is, will the Rockies trade him? Will they cut him? Because if you remember, Justin, the Rockies nearly cut him last year after spring training. They gave him one more shot and said, hey, if you do well, we're going to let you in on the roster. If you don't, we're going to cut you. And so I don't know. We'll see. I think Daza could play right field. Um, but right, right now, um, I got Blackman. What do you think? Uh, personally, if Blackman uh, isn't in right field and they do decide to leave him at DH, I would move Sam from center to right. Uh, okay. Sam Hillier doesn't have the best DRS, but he's a young guy. He, we'll talk about him in a second, but he's a young guy. He can, yeah. he can develop better into a center fielder. But mm-hmm. uh, in right, uh, if it weren't Sam and they were to keep him in, in, in left, I would think I would rather move uh, Rymel Tapia to, to right field and then keep John, Connor John left field. Okay. Uh, because... Tapia. Same with same with Blackman. I really value the arm in right field as uh, as uh, just 
common sense baseball, I feel. Mm-hmm. As for Jonathan Daza, I actually do think it would be beneficial for the Rockies to trade him. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, average, you know, kind of a thing in the past. I still somewhat value uh, batting average as a statistic, but that's kind of all Daza has uh, in store for him. I remember mm-hmm. when he hit those two home runs in, in, the, in the, like the single week, we were like, this guy's going crazy, but that was it. That was all he did, 107 games. He had 282, which is really nice. Uh, on base percentage of 332 and a slugging of 355, which to me is kind of unacceptable if you're going to play for the Colorado Rockies, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, with the offense and all that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, pretty much outfield. I, I, I would have uh, Blackman in right. If he if Joe is the DH, Blackman would be in right field. Hilliard would probably be in center. Kathy in left field. Nope. Yep. Um, However, Tapia in 2019 was pretty good in center field. I remember him robbing that catch in center field. Right, yeah, he's field, fast. Yeah, like like he's great. But however, in left field, Tapia worries me. He dropped like easily caught balls at the wall that went over the wall. That those like he dropped a couple of them, but he dropped it. It's like, dude, like you know, Blackman pro- could probably catch that. I know Sam Hilliard would definitely catch that. Sam <laughs> Hilliard has great defense in the outfield. And so I can see your point why moving to Tappy to right or center would make sense. I, I think they're going to still put him in left field. Um, you know, I really, I don't know why, but I think Tappy is still a, a good outfielder, but he's not great. He usually drops the ball at the wall. That's the only problem he has. Yeah, he's not uh, as sure-handed as I feel like everybody thinks he is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then moving on in the infield, we'll do uh, third base to first base. So at third base, you got to keep Ryan McMahon at third base. You cannot, absolutely. You cannot I move shortstop. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't sing his praise enough, man. He's, uh, McMahon came in right after Arenado left and proved everybody uh, well, not wrong because everybody knew he had amazing potential as a second baseman. But yeah. uh, went out there, arguably should have won the Gold Glove if he didn't play second base so much. And people are still debating whether or not what position he should play, and that just that that amazes me, honestly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like I know, like Key Brian Hayes, in many ways, was better than Nolan. Like, oh, was, yeah. like it should have been Ryan Mack, Key Brian Hayes. I mean, you could have flip flopped, you know, Ryan Mack and Key Brian, but Arenado was clearly the third guy on that list, and they third and fourth, yeah, yeah. And so it, it was clearly biasness. And I, listen, I, I get Arenado's good at third base, but he Arenado was horrible defensively this past year. He was not good. He yes, he made some flashy plays, but he was not that great, you know. And yeah, so moving on to shortstop and second base, this is probably one of the most controversial um, on the team right now. Who's going to play shortstop, right? Because Trevor Story's out. Um, and I know Justin, you you uh, you've kind of implemented that you would like to see Rogers at shortstop. Oh yeah. Um, I would like to see it too. However, for me, my concern is that what about the right side of the infield with CJ Crone and Hampson? We haven't seen Hampson play a lot of defense, and like especially he he doesn't play a lot of infield. He's played a lot of center field and outfield for Hampson. Hampson is usually a center fielder. Um, that's my concern. Like I don't want to have a poor right side. Uh, I'd rather have two uh, good guys, um, one guy on the left side and one good guy on the right side, and that's Brendan Rodgers, which I think he's going to win a gold glove eventually for sure. For me, I'd like to see Rodgers at second base. Again, I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be upset if they moved him to shortstop. It's just like, I don't know. I know he was drafted as a shortstop and thrown for Troy Tulewiski whenever he would retire or leave, which he did. 
then came Trevor Story. But I don't know. I just feel more comfortable with Rodgers at second base mm-hmm. and Hampson at shortstop because I know Hampson, when uh, Trevor Story would get injured in 2017, 2018, Hampson would fill in uh, now and then. But what do you think? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, my thoughts are uh, we should keep Brendan Rodgers at his own position. Uh, Brendan Rodgers got drafted, developed shortstop. He should remain a shortstop in the big leagues. Uh, should be allowed to get a proper shot to be the everyday starting shortstop for the Rockies. Uh, looking at numbers again, I can compare them with uh, Garrett Hampson. I haven't written down here. Garrett Hampson, though, I do agree with you. He is a great defender. Obviously, that's kind of kind of the only thing he he gives this team is his defense. Uh, he, he does have four defensive runs saved at second base. So if you're concerned about um, defense at second, if Hampson were to become the everyday starter. Uh, there's really nothing there to worry about. Hampson, you know, great, great with the with the glove. That's just kind of what he's known for. But Rogers, uh, with it, with the short stint that he did have at, at shortstop this season, he did prove that he could handle the position with uh, one defensive run save and uh, 1.7 UZR. Not a huge sample size, obviously, because of Trevor Story. Yeah. But um, I will say though, one thing about moving. Uh, Rogers to shortstop that I have, do have concern for is he is kind of a short guy. He's not that big. Like he doesn't yeah. really look like he fits the position very well. Uh, as for second base, oh, I've been on and on about this a million, hundred million times before. I could talk years off a dead guy about who should play second base for the Rockies this year. But um, personally, for me, second base is not a position that you really need to worry about defense for, especially if you have such a good left side of the infield because, you know, majority of the league is right-handed. Mm-hmm. Um, CJ Crone, you know, carried his weight over there at first base, especially towards the end of the season. He was actually pretty good over there, but at the beginning of the season, there were some issues. Um, but for second base, if you don't mind me talking about Brendan Drury for a little bit. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Brendan Drury, this uh, veteran of the big leagues, uh, never like, hasn't had a shot at big league time uh, for a while. I mean, deservedly so. He has not been good for a long time, but I think the Rockies should go out and give him a shot at everyday playing time. Mm. Uh, if you look back to when he was an everyday starter with the Diamondbacks, uh, like four or five years ago, he slashed 275, 323. Yeah. And at, at uh, second base, for seven full seasons, he's been playing second base as a DRS of negative three. So, mm. you know, not good, but they are definitely much worse than you can put at second base. And as a filler season, which is basically what I'm looking at Drury as, Drury is not our answer for the, you know, the rest of our franchise. Um, mm-hmm. But for like a season or two, I believe Drury would be a good addition to the team, especially because if we look at the OPS pluses or the, the OPS differences. Uh, when you combine those two seasons that I was mentioning back in 2015 and 16, uh, 490 plate appearances uh, resulted in that slash line I mentioned earlier. Well, if you look at 494 plate appearances from Garrett Hampson, you get 233, 290, 289, which is awful, and 280, which is even worse, especially, like I said, if you want to play for the Rockies with a 669 OPS and 71 OPS plus, which, you know, I don't really want someone like that in the, in the lineup every day, personally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. 
And then moving at first base, we got CJ Crone, pretty much a lock. Um, however, Connor Joe, he did play first base a little bit last year, but I, I think with the power, you got to have Crone at first base. Crone defensively, not so good, especially first half. A lot of errors that he made at first base where he could have caught the ball, but part of it was Trevor Story. Trevor Story was horrible defensively this past year. Yeah, his arm was his arm was an issue. Yeah, it was bad and. There was a couple times, I know I'm getting off track here, but there was a couple times where I remember the game in Chicago where it was an extra innings. I couldn't watch the game. It was so bad. But Trevor Story felt like he was trying to lose on purpose. He was throwing the ball horribly. And he's like, I just want to get out yeah. of here. Like, yeah. dude, like, stop being a crybaby. I know you don't want to be a part of the team. Well, Trevor Story, he was way better than Nolan Arenado, the way Arenado treated the Rockies. But oh, yeah. it, understandably so, but still Trevor Story was – you know, he had his issues now and then. But um, I think once September hit, um, that might have been, I think it was in August. But once September hit, I think it hit story like, oh, crap, I'm leaving this team. I want to set a good example because he knew that Nolan, like every single bit of his body wanted out of course field and out of Denver. So I think Trevor Story, like that's one thing I respect Trevor because he literally was in tears when he left the Rockies. And I think, you know, it's just that I, I get it, but still, um, I think if you look at CJ Crone, part of those errors were not not his fault. I think part of it was uh, Trevor Story's fault, but obviously the errors go toward uh, the player's performance and whether they drop the ball or whatever. Yeah. Um, now the catcher, and that's pretty, uh, pretty much a guaranteed as well. You got Elias Diaz, who I really love. Elias Diaz. I yeah. really. At first, I was like, uh, Jeff Bryce, are you nuts? And 2020, he, you know, he barely played. I know he played in some games. He was okay. I think he got like one or two home runs in the shortened season, but he wasn't like, you know, oh my word, you know, he's so good. Yeah. Um, I think he hit like wasn't that like 190s or two early 200 something like that. I forget his line in 2020. But and then like all of a sudden, like was it in May or June? He all of a sudden just got really, really hot yeah. and remember we were like this is this is great you know finally he's trying to hit and then all of a sudden like the three guys that really had a great year was obviously Luis Diaz um Brennan Rogers in my opinion like I know he didn't have a great start but still Brennan Rogers had a great year uh Elias Diaz and who else I think I already mentioned him uh Sam Hilliard um those are three guys I'm really excited about um but Diaz I, I think He's easily a guy that can give you 20-plus home runs, easily, um, especially from what we saw this past year. The question is injuries. Um, you know, I know he got roughed up behind the play a couple times last year. I'm, uh, you know, it just, you know, and, the, and the, the thing that worries me is that let's just say Diaz gets injured. Don Nunez, he did do well the last month of the season. Nunez, I think, hit like two or three home runs, which is Good, but Nunez is not the guy like Elias Diaz, which you want to play. Yeah. And so um, I'd easily rather have Elias Diaz catch. And, you know, I at first when the Rockies re-signed him, uh, I think a month or two ago to a, a, was a three-year deal or extension, um, I was okay with it. I, at first I was like, eh, I rather would have signed him to a two-year deal um, like or one-year deal just to, like, hey, just keep him around. Um, don't waste a, a lot of your money. Just invest it on your younger players, right? And so, yeah. but I was okay with a three-year deal. I think it was a good idea. That I think they're looking forward, um, and I think they're just waiting till Drew Romo comes up 
and I think Drew Romo's the next guy. And yeah. because really, all of our double A and triple A catchers are bad. They're not good. They can't mm-hmm. hit. And their defense is good, but they can't hit. And I think Diaz is, is the guy for sure. So I yeah. have Diaz catching. Uh, you have the same for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, if it were up to me, I wouldn't keep him around for as long as we are going to, but. No. He's kind of the only guy we can turn to right now. Like, you can't really think of many, many catchers that would do well. Yeah. You know, he, he has another chance to prove himself. You know, he only played 106 games this year. If he plays even like 130, 125, you know, maybe he might hit that 25 home run mark, 20 home run mark, mm-hmm. um, which would be fantastic. Um, but I think my main issue is with our backup catcher situation, like mentioned with Dom Nunez. You know, I like him. You know, he's. So, you know, he, he had some good defense, you know, he clearly has power and, you know, power is very valuable since we're the Rockies. And, uh, yeah. uh, but if it were up to me, I think I would give him another season down in uh, AAA yeah. just mm-hmm. to, just to teach him what a ball looks like and how to take one, you know, <laughs> like right. instead of him striking out a million times a year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like Don Nunez struggled with striking out and walks this past year. Like he swung at everything. I felt Yeah. Like. That's kind and, of a common theme with a lot of our yeah. younger guys. Mm-hmm. And see, uh, and before we move on to uh, the rotation in the bullpen, like Sam Hilliard oh, yeah. really only has one thing to fix, and that's strikeouts. Oh, oh, yeah. That's it. And we actually saw that the last month or two of the season. Sam Hilliard, like, he, I think he actually led the team in home runs in, like, the last couple months. Like, I wouldn't doubt it, yeah. Yeah, and not only that, but he was finally hitting doubles and triples. Like, I remember, like, he was just – like coming off the ball in Arizona, the last series of the season, him and Brendan Rodgers um, and Don Nunez, they were the only good guys in Arizona, and uh, I think we lost that series in the season. But Sam Hilliard really only has one thing to fix, and that's the strikeouts. Yeah. And I know a lot of people give him comps to Joey Gallo, and that's fine. I'd rather have him be a, a Joey Gallo because why? Joey Gallo is a freaking all-star, you know, and yeah. I'd have him – do that rather than having having to keep putting him you know down and up from triple a and and i think sam hilliard he's ready and i think sam hilliard knows that I, yeah. I think he's he's tired i'm like i'm tired of all this crap i'm ready to prove myself and that's what i'm so excited about because i know last year i kind of got frustrated with him especially in the first half but after what he's gone through you've got to give the man some space let him play baseball you know yeah so, um, sam just needs time man like yep. His whole his two full seasons, if you combine them together, you're looking at 225, 301, 492. A 492 slugging percentage. Can you believe that? Yeah. He's got and if you combine he's got 27 home runs and 439 at bats. You calculate that, that's gonna give him 37, 38 home runs if you allow him to get six hundred plate appearances. That is so valuable, especially yeah. like I keep mentioning, I, I wanna keep keep like emphasizing we need power bats because we play a course field. We shouldn't be looking for, for average guys that slap the ball to left field every at bat. Like we yeah. should be looking for guys that hit it to, to, to like, to, we should be looking for guys that hit it to Wyoming, right? Like yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we need guys that, that, that drive the ball out of the ballpark and Sam Hilliard fits that perfectly. He's, yeah, he's awesome. going to be, he's going to be an all-star if we just give him time. He's yeah. going to be like an MVP if we just give him time to, 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 develop discipline skills yeah and I, I fully agree with you on that um i think he's a home run derby type of guy for sure like he has that swing no question he just has to 
wait it out and, and see. And honestly, I think getting rid of some of our hitting coaches this past year is definitely going to help. They were horrible. Oh, yeah. They were horrible. Like, they, they, like, they've been in our coaching staff for the past, like, six or seven years. They needed to go. Yeah, I don't think they were helping us with anything. And so, too many, too many at bats. You would see guys just go up yeah. to the go up to the plate and like watch strike yeah. one, strike two, straight exactly. down the middle. Exactly, bro. Yeah, like, um, and I think we got a new, uh, I think uh, we got a new hitting coach or at least a assistant hitting coach, and he's from the Yankees. Dude, I'm excited because he worked with Aaron Judge and you know, and some of those guys, uh, Stanton. I mean, that could really, really yeah, help. He, he worked with Aaron Judge. He used to be excited to work with him again. Wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to the rotation and then the bullpen. So, okay. start- yeah. Um, easily Marquez is our ace, number one. Number two, I mean, the rest is kind of, you could just fill in with whatever you want. I have number two at Kyle Freeland. I think he is now, like, because you take a look at 2019. Kyle Freeland's still young. I mean, it's not like he's been in the big leagues for like, you know, seven, eight years. He's only been in the big leagues for, let me see, like, he made it, he made his debut, I think, in 2016. No, 2017. Mm-hmm. So he's still young. It's not like, like yeah. I said, he's not like a veteran for like seven or eight years. Like, he's, he's under five, I think, or this might be his fourth or fifth year. Yeah, he's and young. So, he's a Denver guy, I think. Yeah. Like, if anything, I would give him an extension before I gave anybody else one because we, we've mm-hmm. seen what he can do. Yeah. Uh, especially at Coors Field back in 2018. Yeah. I mean, he was just electric. I mean, yeah. Finished, I believe, fourth in Cy Young voting. He should have been higher, in my opinion. That's how good he was. Um, but yeah, in my opinion, I, I think I, I'm going to put uh, Freeland in the second spot. And then third, I got Antonio Sindatella. I'm not. Like I'm, I'm very confident in Austin Gomber. He just has to um, avoid the injuries, and I yeah. think Gomber easily be the number three guy. It's just that I don't really think there should be back-to-back lefty starting uh, each and every day. Yeah, I think that's a that should be uh, something the Rockies should do. So I think it's going to be Marquez, Freeland, uh, Cindatella, um, and then Gomber. And the number five spot is what I want to talk about. Yeah, and. I think it's going to be Peter Lambert, most likely. I was thinking about the podcast. Um, I was like, Who's, who should I talk about for the number five spot? And I think it's going to be Peter Lambert. However, like we'll see in spring training whenever that happens, which uh, we don't know if that If will it happen. does happen. Yeah, it, it very well might be. For all we know, it could happen in July, like back in 2020, uh, for all we know. I don't know. But I think the next guy after Peter Lambert would probably be, I'm going to go with, um, hell, Chris Olivares. I'm gonna go with him. Okay, I don't. Um, I don't even know who that is. I don't. I don't really keep up with our farm system. Yeah. Be better, I, I yeah. He's. I think he's in AAA. Um, I'm pretty sure he's in AAA. However, I'm not sure if he's ready. I haven't looked at his stats today. I should have. But I think from what I've heard, he's like on the top 25 prospects for the Rockies. Um, but either way, I, I think it's gonna be. Uh, Peter Lambert because he's got more experience and I think you need to have him pitch. I know he's not super reliable and he's still young and that's the thing. That's why you let your players play on the field. You yeah. know, like consistently. You cannot keep putting them down in AAA. That's not going to help them grow at all. It's just going to make it worse. So I think it's going to be Peter Lambert and honestly I kind of like Peter Lambert. I think he's going to be really good. He just is kind of like Sam Hilliard. He just needs more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and like 
I'll never forget, and you might remember this, Justin, but you remember his first start in Chicago? It was stellar. Like Lights he, out. Lights out. He, well, he, I think he had like nine or ten strikeouts. It was insane. And, like, he was so, so good. And, as a matter of fact, there was at one point where he could have gone the complete game. That's how good he was. And, um, and see, like, I'm, I'm excited for Peter Lambert. And I know that he didn't pitch in 2020. But I, I think a lot of people are like, oh, he's, he's not the one for the number five spot. I'm like, dude, just give him a chance. I mean, he, uh, his first couple starts were good. And then all of a sudden, you know, we all know what happened. But, um He's still like this guy is barely pitched a, a full season. I still think that we need to give him a shot, no question. So I think if I was Bud Black, have him pitch in the number five spot. Okay. And, yeah. You know. However, I, I, there's another guy that that kind of is scratching my head a little bit, and it's not Chichi Gonzalez. <laughs> um, I'm glad we released him. I don't. I don't ever yeah. want to see him pitch for us again. No, not at all. The only start that the only two starts that he had like that were good this past year was I think there was one good start he had in San Francisco. Yeah, but he dominated San Francisco. I remember that. Yeah, but we didn't score any runs. We didn't like we got shut out. I yeah. Think we what lost like what was it two or three nothing? It was horrible. And then the next game was the Reds. I remember that game. That was the one game I was very upset with Bud Black. He took him out in the eighth inning, and the Reds just blew up our bullpen. And I think they nearly won it, but I think we took back the lead in the bottom of the eighth or something. I forget. But, um, yeah, Gigi Gonzalez is out. Another guy I am interested in seeing, and I think we kept him, is Ashton, Ashton Godot. Um, Godot, he actually did a very good job in coming in for, like, I, I think he came in a couple times for John Gray whenever John Gray got injured. I remember that. Yeah, I think it was, like, early September when we were in Texas. John Gray got injured with, I think, his he had a blister or something. I forget. But he came in, and he did an okay job. Um, again, Godot is not good. I feel like he's been with every single ball club. He's gotten moved around a lot in trades and free agency. But I, I like Ashton Godot, but I don't know. He's more like a deep bullpen guy. Like, yeah. you know, a guy gets injured, you come in. So I'm just going to go with Peter Lambert. Um who do you have, Justin? Uh, I was going to have us actually sign a player. I was going to have us bring back uh, lefty Tyler Anderson, but that would uh, make it, that would make us have three lefties in a rotation. I'm not really a fan of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and I really can't pick anybody else, but I liked what you had to say about Peter Lambert. I actually hadn't really been thinking about him um, as a member of the 2022 team that we were going to put together. Uh, mm-hmm. But I would be totally fine seeing Lambert in a long relief uh, pitching appearance. You know, you can't really just yeah. throw a guy into a five spot after he has Tommy John. Um, okay. But, you know, you can we could sign some guy for the five spot, like minor league contracts, see if they work out. And if Lambert's really stellar, then you just replace him and then put the other guy in the, in the, in the bullpen. I wouldn't mind that at all. And I, yeah, I actually totally forgot about Austin Boudel as well. Uh, mm-hmm. The funny thing about him was that he actually got better when he moved when he came over here from the Reds. Yeah, uh, which is I think, interesting. Yeah, I think that kind of helped Ashton because the Reds have a pretty good farm system, and I think that kind of helped. I don't know. Um, I'm just glad that we got rid of Jeff Hoffman. He was trash. Yeah, like, like literally, that's one thing that okay, I'm I'm kind of glad that we got rid of Tulo, but at the same time, the the pieces we got in return were crap. They were horrible. In all fairness, Hoffman was a pretty good prospect for. Yeah, like he was the number one pitching prospect for the Blue Jays. However, he just didn't pan out in Colorado. Yeah. Like he was doing well in Toronto, and I, I listen. There's always a thing when you come to Colorado. There's always, and I think he just 
succumb to that. And I think he just got nervous and he was like, oh man, I'm going to do horrible in the start today. I mean, there was a couple of good starts that Jeff Hoffman had. I'm not going to lie. He had some good starts, but he was inconsistent. Kind of yeah. like Jeff Ray. I remember um, yeah. when we had, uh, what was his name? Ryan Castellani last year. Um, oh, yeah. Hoffman, I feel like whenever Castellani pitched, Hoffman would come in and he actually did really well with most of those starts were on the road. Mm. So. Yeah, like what was it, Castellani's first start? It kind of reminds me of Peter Lambert. Castellani had a really good first start in Seattle in 2020. I, yeah. I think he, like, he almost went like Lambert. Like, uh, I think he went like seven or eight innings, and uh, he only allowed like was it one hit? He had actually had a no hitter, I think, in his first start. And then after that, Castellani was not so good. Yeah, um, he, yeah. He had potential, but I'm kind of glad mm-hmm. to let him walk too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the rotation, um, and then. One thing I want to talk about before we get to the bullpen very quickly is John Gray. And I know some Rockies fans out there are saying, oh, it was dumb by getting rid of John Gray. Well, we didn't get rid of him. We gave him, like, I know we didn't give him a qualifying offer, but we did give him a contract. We offered him a contract before the season. He said, no, I don't want it. Yeah, And and that's one thing that Rockies fans forget. And people say, oh, well, we didn't offer him a contract. No, we did. We did offer him a contract. And he, he was worth every single penny of it, and he didn't accept it. Yeah. And I think... That's one thing the Rockets fans don't get. And listen, I I'm kind of upset that we didn't trade him. Like we should have traded him easily. Like I that's one thing I'm upset about. However, um, I'm not upset about Gray leaving. And here's why: Gray wasn't that good on the road in his career. He was never that great. Um, like the only good thing about John Gray, I know he had some good starts on the road. Don't get me wrong, but he overall, I think. Um, hold on, I I think let me look it up. I think. Um, John Gray had a career ERA of like four or something. Um, let me look that up on Google. Usually I can bring that up. Uh, John Gray, okay, I brought it up. John Gray, road ERA, 4.83. That's not so good. Um, especially away from course field. Like, you, like, I know, like, away from course field and all that, people say, oh, the, the course field narrative. But still, 4.83 off the road and like you're in a different environment where you're sea level and you're a really good pitcher at home it makes sense why you pitch well on the road especially but john gray john gray pitched to a 5.22 era at on the road at in 2021 oh okay and it might be his career then i was looking well at, yeah yeah i was looking at this season okay so oh, I yeah just, that's crazy. He, yeah he was not good on the road this year and majority of his career he hasn't been great at home, that's he's been good. Like he's a really lights out pitcher. I mean, he's number I think he's number two in strikeouts of all time for the Rockies pitching. Uh, I think he's behind Jorge De La Rosa or Jimenez, one of those guys. Yeah. Um, that's just what Gray was known for, though. Gray was yeah. a strikeout pitcher. He was a power arm, mm-hmm. and he did what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. Um, I think, you know, looking at Gray's career, like he was a great pitcher. However, the thing that was catching up to him, I think in the end is age. He's starting to get up there where he's not that great. Like Tyler Chatwood, like was one of those guys where when he was young, Chat was, was good. And I know he's had some good years. I think when he was with the, the Cubs um, and I think was it like this past year or in 2020, he had a somewhat of a good year, but John Gray, his stuff is not like, if he would have had this stuff, uh, I would have been upset if we got rid of him. Like, uh, if he would have had his stuff from 2017, 
he was really good in 2017. I think yeah. by getting rid of John Gray now, um, well, we really didn't get rid of him. He got rid of himself because he actually said it's time for he me. He walked away. Yeah, he, he wanted to move on. And he said he was thankful for the Rockies, but he felt like it's time for me to move on. And see, it's not like, oh, you know, you guys didn't give me a contract. No, we gave him a contract. He just didn't want to take it. So, yeah. um, so I, you know, I'm not upset about that. Honestly, like some people say, well, that's a big hole to fill. Honestly, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, and, and see, John Gray, he only has had only two good years in his career. That was 2017 and 2019. That was it. 2020, he was bad. This past year, like the first half, he was good. He was half. off and on, but I think yeah. once the, you know, once you correlate, you know, first half of the season with the uh, spare attack ban, I think you start to read yeah. in between the lines there and start realizing what went on. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's move to the bullpen. Actually, um, let me say one more thing about John oh, yeah. Gray. Um, you know, Gray for the longest time, Gray was what what tied me to the Rockies because you know I haven't lived in Colorado my whole life, and every time I watched it, I feel like I went to a Rockies game. Gray was the pitcher on the mound, and I, you know, I, you know, him and him and Charlie Blackman, two of my favorite players in Rockies history. But when you hear the fact that John Gray like went to went to went to, went to what, what's our general manager's name, Bill Schmidt, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when 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 you when you hear that he went to him and asked him not to trade him at the trade deadline just for him to not resign with him, just it just it oh man it makes me it confuses me so much. And then you see Gray, you know Gray's not an awful pitcher, and but like as we've been talking about, you bring in the home and road splits, and then you hear people, baseball influencers talk about how the Rockies made a huge mistake not give, not even giving him a qualifying offer. Like John Gray was worth more than eighteen million dollars at any point in his career, yeah. or like you know he's too good not to offer, not to get a qualifying offer like those, like you know some famous YouTuber that I watch quite often said about us. But it's just yeah. John Gray's situation very interesting. I'm kind of glad we let him go, but you know it's sad to see him go. But uh, hope for his successes. Just happy he's happy he hasn't played for us anymore. Yeah, um, and you know I I hope he does well, but honestly he's going to a place that. I don't know. It's he's going to a place in Texas where I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he's going to do well. I mean, I hope he does well, but I guess we'll see. Um, and Texas paid him a lot of money. Yeah, and fourteen million dollars. I don't believe is worth John Gray. Yeah, and at that's all. yeah. That's one thing I'm concerned about. What if he does horribly? And like, see, it reminded me of David Dahl. The Rangers paid him some money, and they were like, "Oh, good, we got a you know all-star outfielder." They released David Dahl before the end of the year. That's how yeah. bad he. And David Dahl is now in the minor leagues for, for the Brewers. Yeah. And so it's like, I hope it doesn't happen because I love John Gray, but that very well could happen to John Gray too, where he blows up his ERA, where he's like a 70 ERA pitcher in Texas, and they send him down to AAA or they release him. That's something I don't want to see, but it very well could happen. I don't know. Yeah. But John Gray's age is catching up to him, and I think that his best years, unfortunately, are behind him. And, I think uh, his best years were behind him even when he was having his best years. Yeah. Is like, like one more thing too. You look at his track record. I think what what is he averaged? Like twenty two starts a year, twenty five starts a year, something like that. Last yeah. time he made thirty or more starts, he had an ERA over five. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Is it right if we move on to the bullpen? Sure. Yeah. I don't really have much to say on the bullpen, actually. I kind of like where we are right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I do, too. Like, listen, I know, you know, the bullpen was horrible in the first half. However, 
I think it's getting better. I think it's getting better, and I think that uh, getting free agent pitching isn't the best thing in Colorado, um, especially starting pitching. But we're talking about the bullpen. Yeah. I'd be okay if we got a closer, free agent closer, but please do not get a, a guy over 35. Don't like. Yeah. We learned get, our mistakes from that. Yeah, like get a younger guy. Um, you know that is reliable. Listen, I'd be okay if Lucas Gilbreth looked close. Oh yeah. He'd, Great job. Oh, was it? He had a ERA under one, like the second half of the season. Yeah, I think personally for me, I would rather see Gilbert in a uh, in a setup role right now because he's such a young guy. You know, I don't really want to throw him into the closing spot right away and just stunt his growth. Yeah, um, I kind of like what I saw from Carlos Estevez for, uh, for the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bard for me, I no, you know, you know all my opinions on Daniel Bard. I'd much rather yeah. see him be a like a like a uh, fourth inning guy if we need to turn somebody you yeah. know like he's sitting on the bench for the majority of the season I am kind of really disappointed that we resigned him but you know we gotta live with what we have yeah I mean uh, the one thing I do like is that Bill Schmidt is signing guys to like less money which I like because if yeah. we had Jeff Bright he'd be signing them to like multi deals like actually I personally I think if we if Jeff Bright is a star manager uh, Daniel Bard would not still be here yeah, I, you know, I think, and honestly, Marquez, too, and, and Story and some of our big guys, I think Jeff Wright. And see, like, listen, I, I get why a lot of people didn't like him. I didn't like him either. However, he was the guy that did extend Marquez. He brought in Elise Diaz, um, and then he signed C.J. Crone. Um, yeah. But, I could yeah. I could talk I could, I could talk praise for Jeff Wright for days. I just... I need to I need to put more research into that. Yeah, because yeah. as, as much as I hated him for the for the initial portion, like after right after Arenado got moved, you start to look into the details of things like not why Arenado got moved, but like more specific things like why we cut uh, Tony Walters and why we cut uh, uh, David Dahl. David Dahl and you know all that kind of all that stuff, and you're just like, wow, maybe he actually wasn't that bad. Yeah, well, you know. I look back now and I'm actually glad that you know, because now we have all this money because now we uh, I, I think we're still paying Arenado but not that much anymore like this is the last year we're paying Arenado I think if I'm correct you know right even then it's going to be like pocket change for us because we're not paying Ian Desmond anymore yeah and, and the only and, contract that's like really over I think Marquez is going to make like either nine or ten million dollars this year and uh, yeah then uh, Charlie Blackman's making 21. That's it. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's all we have for big contracts. So. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, I, I think, you know, I'm really excited for Lucas Gilbreth. Oh, um, yeah. I, I really liked Robert Stevenson. I think that was a very good trade by uh, trading Jeff Hoffman. And I think we might have traded somebody else. like Hoffman uh, and Case Williams. Oh, uh, yeah. That, and then uh, we got them back in, uh, when we traded Michael Gibbons to the Reds. So, yeah. Um, which is kind of funny because we got everyone back. Um, I don't know if Gibbons is a free agent. I wouldn't mind bringing him back. He was really good. Yeah, like he he was our best bullpen guy in the first half because our bullpen was so bad. He had even a, though yeah we traded him. I was happy we moved him, but I was not happy with what we got back. Yeah, um, I mean Noah Davis. I've heard he's kind of good. Um, he's in Double A, I think. Uh, we'll see what happens. Case Williams. He still has a way to go. Like yeah, like I wasn't necessarily happy of who. Well, I I wasn't necessarily unhappy of who we got but i was more unhappy that 
we should have gotten like triple A guys, you know, or like top prospects. Well, not top prospects, but good prospects. You know what I mean? Like we got low, like mediocre players, um, if that's the word. I just, um, but, I just realized if my phone turns off, you can't hear me talking. So I said some stuff while my phone was off oh, okay. about John Gray, but it's it's in the past. It's all right. Okay. Yeah. But like, I, I thought the trip was okay, but I mean, we'll see what happens. But um, I'm, I'm glad that we have Robert Stevenson. I think he's going to be a good part of the bullpen. I mean, he was like, whenever there was a, a bases loaded situation, Stevenson would always get out of it. Like he was pretty solid. Now, like, I think one thing that he does struggle with is kind of like with Tyler Kenley, who I'm going to talk about next. Oh, yeah, I forgot that too. Yeah, Stevenson does struggle a little bit with home runs. A little bit, not much. But Stevenson, a Stevenson is you know, walks. Yeah, he oh, can't yeah. really control the ball. That I, that that's what Kinley also struggles with. But Kinley is gross. I really like Kinley. I think Kinley is a great part of our bullpen because he when good. he's on, he's untouchable. Yeah, Kinley was good in the second half. Like he had an ERA like under three or four or something like that. He had a he had a three ERA some uh, I think this year. He was good um, in the second half, and I think I think he's back this year. Um, and then, uh, so Kenley, I like him. He's okay, but he just needs to limit the walks and home runs. Yeah. Uh, I love Gilbreth. I think he very well could be a setup guy or maybe even a closer. Um, Estevez, he's okay. I, I kind of like him. He was way better closing games than Daniel Bard, who would throw the ball into the dirt and hit players on per- Like, I'll yeah. never forget that game against Arizona. Bases were loaded, nobody out, and he literally hits David Peralta in the shins or something like that. Yeah. It was dumb. I was like, I almost threw my control at the TV. I was so angry at Daniel Bard. Yeah, I'm like, Bard, kidding me? Yeah. He has caused me so much anger. Yeah, it's like. I just remember watching uh, a game against the Brewers. It was sometime in July or June. Or, I had like just moved to, and like, they yeah. brought him in, and he instantly gave up like three runs. And I was like, this what? is just so. I, in Milwaukee, right? We yeah. Yeah. It was, we had the lead. We were about to win the game. I think we were, like, two outs. He could not get one single out, and they yeah. were all, all, like, down the middle of the plate. Easy to hit. Like, yeah. And like, I like the Brewers, you know, but I, that was, like, oh, man. Yeah. He just – yeah, it was it was horrible to watch. I was on vacation. I remember watching the game, and I'm like, this is the worst thing. I mean, it's like, why did we sign this guy? Like, 2020 was a good year for him. 2021 was the opposite. Yeah. Um, the sob story is over for, for me, man. The the, yeah. the comeback story for him wore off on me when he blew like three saves in a week. Yeah. Um. However, I do like his fastball. He has a very good fastball. I mean, that's that's really like if he if he keeps it up like above the like the shoulder length or higher, it's good. It's a strikeout pitch. Um, slider is pretty good unless if he leaves it right over the middle of the plate and it gets shelled over which 540 is, which feet. Is, what he normally does. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay with Bard, but please do not let him close games. And right yeah. now, he's our closer yeah. as, as of right now, which I don't want to see. I'd rather that's, have – That's another thing with uh, Bud Black. Yeah. He did he did something – he did that with uh, Wade Davis just a ton. Yeah. Like, Davis was just so unreliable, and he would not – he was just so resilient to not letting him close games. And yeah, and, and Wade Davis was also one of those Daniel Murphy type of guys where we paid him a lot of money, and he was horrible. Yeah, like like he really didn't have one good year. Twenty eighteen was his like best year, and he had a year. Eighteen was like, fantastic. 
yeah. After that, trash. Like, we could have gotten rid of him or cut him. Like, I, I really wouldn't care. I was but... surprised when we did cut him. Yeah, I like, was like, that is such a un... That is, like, so uh, abnormal for this administration. <laughs> yeah. Um, they did, so... Yeah. So, uh, and then... Who else? Uh, we got Kinley. Oh yeah, uh, Jordan Sheffield. I like Jordan Sheffield. Sheffield was really good. Yeah, and he, he was, but he got hurt. He got so hurt. Yeah, and he was out for a majority of the year, but he did come back. Um, I think. Wait, did he come back? No, I think he came in early. I think in the- he came back and like he only threw like one or two innings though, because I remember he yeah. came back for a little bit. Yeah, like I think he was um in the majors for the first like few weeks of the season, then got injured uh, for the rest of the year until like the last few games of the season or the last couple weeks and was in a couple games and that was it um jordan sheffield i feel like was a steal from the dodgers i mean we'll see this this year was his first year and so um i need to remember uh to remind myself that you know gilbreth is a rookie or was a rookie um sheffield is a rookie um and uh who else and i think that's pretty much it um i might be i'm probably missing somebody else in the bullpen but yeah that's another guy I want to talk about. Bowden, I don't want him up. Yeah, like he's not ready. I do not want him up this year. Yeah, they called him up way too early. Way too early. Um, like, I feel like he was just in Double A like last year or two years ago. And, um, and I, listen, like I, I'm kind of like you. I don't cover minor league baseball hardly at all. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really don't know when Ben Bowden was in the minor leagues or or how long he was. But I feel like he was just in Double A like a year or two ago. They called him up way too early, um, and I think they should have him down for at least half a year or more. At least season. another season. He did not look ready. Yeah, I mean there was a couple games where he was kind of good. I remember that one game was in uh, LA against the Angels. He struck out the side. Um, in like eight or nine pitches, um, no, nine pitches, I think eight is impossible. You can't do that, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like he did well. He had a couple good innings like this year, but he looked uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, he was just, I mean, he lost it. Like he could not pitch a strike. Yeah. Like he, he would pitch like whenever you would walk somebody, it was four straight balls, yeah. no strikes. Like they were up high, like above the guy's head. Like, he could not find the strike zone, and that's, yeah, I can see why. Like, and I, I would agree that he needs more time. They need to send him down. And I think, uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think we had him in the bullpen to end the year. I think he was in AAA. Yeah, or, they sent him down. That was a good yeah. move. Um, and so I don't think, I, I would be very surprised if uh, if they don't um, send him. Like, I mean, I, I would be surprised if they, uh, I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I think they're going to keep him probably in AAA, but. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we should just, um, yeah, keep, keep them in AAA, please. Like, that's one thing that we've seen in the past where Rockies tend to call guys a little bit too early. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think we called up Trejo a little bit too early. He was getting, yeah. he was getting there. But Trejo needs more time. I think Blade needs a lot more time. Oh, yeah, he did not look ready. No, Blade didn't look good. The only guy out of uh, some of the rookies that we saw at the end of the season that kind of looked ready was Colton Welker. I like Welker. However, yeah, Welker I, can adjust pretty well, yeah. I think. However, I still think that Welker needs more time. A little mm-hmm. bit more time. Not much, a little bit. Um, so I think out of those guys, I think Welker is the most ready, but I still think all those guys are still not ready. But 
going back to Ben Bowden, yeah, he he's not ready. Uh, he needs to be sent down. And I think that's pretty much it. I, I might be missing somebody else. But... Uh, we're looking at Jolie's Chassin. We missed him. Oh, yeah, that's right. He uh, was really good at, as a late inning guy uh, when we moved him from being a long reliever. Because when he was a yep. long reliever, he was yeah. basically guaranteed to give up yep. runs. Yeah. But as like a as like a sixth, seventh inning guy, I remember he was pretty locked down. Yeah. I know he was a like for several years he was a starter for the Brewers. He was good, but you know, I think he was a big time people, pitcher for the Rockies for a long time as well. Yeah. Okay. Um I, I feel more comfortable with him as a reliever. Um starting pitching. I mean, I remember one time he's kind of started. I think there was one game where he started. I think it was against the Reds early in the year where he started a game. Um, he was good, but it wasn't like he was lights out. And I think I'd rather have him in the bullpen just because you had that veteran presence there. Yeah. Um, not like Daniel Bard, who throws hard. You, you at least you've seen is just a cool guy. Hey, I'm just going to go out there and do my best. Daniel Bard feels like I'm going to blow this fastball right by the guy's head. I'm going to strike him out. I'm like, dude, chill out, you know. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I like Chasin. Um, signing, signing him to a one-year deal was a good idea. Like, we should have uh, – I, I think – that was a great decision right there. Um, and I think we'll probably see him. I don't know if the Rockies will re-sign him after this year. Uh, this very well could be his last year. I don't I'll know. Say, yeah, we'll have to see because he is getting up there. He's 34. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Chasin. So, overall, my thoughts on the bullpen, I think it's going to get better. I yeah. don't think it's going to get worse. And I know like, uh, I know some of the Rockies, uh, other Rockies fan pages that I've talked to, they don't like the bullpen. They think, oh, we should just get rid of everybody. I'm like – no, let's yeah. go pro. You know? I'm really optimistic about these guys, especially if we do yeah. go out and re-sign Michael Givens. That yeah. would be a very smart thing to do. Plus, he showed he could pitch at Coors Field. Not even, not even like you know, he was only good on the road. He was really good at home too. Yeah. Because well, if if we if we bring him back, we're looking at Kinley, Chasin, Givens, Bard, Stevenson, Gilbreth, Estevez, and either or Sheffield as our long man, which kind of is what he was when we when he was active. Yeah. Which I'm, you know, excited for because that bullpen gets me excited. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then one player that I just got reminded, he's kind of he was kind of back and forth, and that's Justin Lawrence. I like Justin. Oh Lawrence. yeah. Um, however, I still think they called him up a little bit too early. Um, there was a couple of games where he kind of was kind of like Ben Bowden, where he kind of lost the strike zone uh, occasionally, but still. Yeah. I like his sidearm delivery. You don't see that very often these days. Um, but uh, I actually talked to Justin um, yesterday. You know, uh, he follows my page. and um, he was, Yeah, he was just talking about the lockout and all that type of stuff. But he's a really cool guy. Um, and he actually told me that he wants to be the closer eventually. And I, I, I said, hey, get it. Get it done. You know, yeah. uh, work your butt off and you'll get there. And so I think Justin Lawrence is going to get better. Um if I was uh, the manager for the Rockies, I would keep him down just a little bit longer. And yeah. so, he, like, I want him to be the closer for the Isotopes. I really do. And I yeah, think yeah, yeah. that will help. And so, um, however, I think he, if they keep him on the 40-man roster or on the uh, the 26th opening day roster, I wouldn't be upset. I, I would like it. But preferably, I'd rather keep him a little bit longer, maybe a month or two to be the closer for the Isotopes. And then, fine, call him up. If he's doing well, if he has an ERA of – uh, somewhere around 230 or 250, great, call him up, you know. Um, I agree, yeah. But uh, the, the thing but, with him, though, you know, like, and, you know, if he listens to this podcast, you know, no disrespect or nothing, but your, his yeah. stuff is almost too good. You know, like, his yeah. stuff moves too much. 
Yeah. He can't really control the ball when he throws it. Like, he's got great stuff. He's got a great uh, moving action on a sinker fastball, you know, 100 miles per hour moves in on a, on a lefty really well. Like, he's got great stuff, but he just he just needs to be able to control it. Like, he's got a 10.3 walk per nine right now. Like, that's yeah really unsustainable, especially if he wants to be yeah. a closer. You know, I believe in him too, but, you know, he just, you know, you got you to gotta get there first before, mm-hmm. before that. Yeah, that has to get down. Um, another guy that we briefly saw was uh, Fernandez. What was his first name? Uh, Fernandez somebody. I forget. Uh, I'm not really sure who. Yeah, like that one guy that threw like 103, like that one time against the Braves. Oh, oh I know who you're talking about. I just don't know his name. Yeah, was it Junior Fernandez or something like that? Um, and I almost forgot about find. another guy, Ryan Feltner. Remember, he started against the Braves. Yeah, he's um, he needs more time. Yeah, uh, tri- like put him in AAA, he'll be fine. Um, like he had one good start in Philadelphia. He only had like two starts. One was against the Braves, which was horrible, and then the other one in uh, Philadelphia. He was good in Philadelphia. I think he went like a few innings, struck out a couple guys. Uh, I don't think he allowed any runs. But um, yeah, have Feltner in the AAA rotation. Um, or double A, whatever you want. I think he was previously in double A, and then they just called him up uh, whenever. Uh, I think it was a Gomber when he got injured. They called him up. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think Felton needs more time. But I'm trying to find um, Fernandez. Um, His name is Julian Fernandez or Julian Julian. Fernandez. Yeah, I like him, but he needs more time. Um, yeah, he you know he throws hard. That's that's his that's yeah. his stick. And that's listen. That's fine. And listen, he's younger. He's not like a Daniel Bard where he's like, like Santa Claus, and he's trying to throw everything he's got. But yeah, um, I like uh, Julian. Um, I think like like uh, Justin Lawrence needs a tad bit more time. Um, however, he had to stop to get guys that, which is great. But exactly, um, he reminds me of uh, Indians closer uh, Emmanuel Class A. Oh yeah, Class A. Yeah, like. He could be that guy, but I think we just need a little bit more time. Like, and listen, like I know uh, we said earlier, like about some players that you know should get more playing time, like Sam Hilliard. But they, that's different. H- hitting is different. Yeah, rather yeah, than- hit position players are a lot different than pitchers, yeah. especially because we're the Rockies. Like, if we were, I don't know, like if we were the Royals, you know, give them, yeah, let them throw as many innings as you possibly can. But when you're mm. in Colorado, it's just exactly. different. It's different. Yeah, exactly. And, and see, hitting is you can get more custom to hitting rather than pitching. Pitching takes a lot more time than, than hitting, um, especially in the big leagues. Um, okay, finally. Um, well, before we get to that, do you have any more thoughts on the bullpen? or On the bullpen? No, I'm just uh, the bullpen rotation as long as if we do keep Lambert in the five spot like you suggested or we go out and sign Tyler Anderson, like the bullpen I have outlined right now is making me really excited. You know, it's just yeah. like, a, especially if everything goes well, which is how I usually look at projections, right? Like, exactly. I'm really excited for this bullpen. Yeah, and um, I think you said it perfectly right there. I, I honestly think that there's really nothing to change in the bullpen, except I wouldn't be upset if we did get, like, a younger closer, but yeah. I don't have a lot of them out there. So, in my opinion, just leave it as it is. It will get better, yeah. honestly. Givens, um, Givens is the guy that I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I, yeah and listen, I was kind of hopeful that we could have gotten Mark Melanson, but the question is, He's an older guy. We've seen older closers come to Coors Field. Like Wade Davis, I mean, he was elite in Chicago. Like, he was the best closer in baseball. That yeah, year. he was one of the better relievers Yeah, ever. And, 
and listen, I I know some people say, well, Coors Field is the thing that destroyed him. Not necessarily. Not, yet, not true that, very much yet. Yeah, part of it was Coors, but a lot of it was age. A lot of it was age. And even this past year, Wade Davis pitched in Kansas City. He wasn't that great. So um, yeah, there's no excuse there. It's just yeah. At some point, at some point, the I don't even know what to call them. Coors Field doubters, Rockies doubters. They just got to yeah. realize that they're wrong sometimes. Yeah. And, like, Wade Davis, age caught up to him. And that's why I think, Wade, like, in some ways, Daniel Bard, like, age is catching up to him, but it's not at the point where he needs to retire. No, just put him somewhere else in the bullpen. He'll be fine. We'll get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another option, too. I, I would agree with you on that. Um, okay, let, let's move on to the final section. And this is something I really was looking forward to. And this is something that um, we kind of switched yesterday. And it was primarily going to be about Rodgers and Hilliard being the next Rocky stars. Um, and I think both of these guys are the next big steps. And I and listen, like Brendan Rodgers, when he was drafted, he sounded like he was going to be like the next, like he was going to be an elite like, all-star second baseman. I think he will be. I yeah, think I agree. Um, Rodgers and Hilliard. Um, I mean, if I had to pick one guy, I really can't. Both of them are going to be all-stars and are going to be the next duo. Um, you know, you take a look at Nolan and Trevor back in 2017, 2018, and 2019. Um, Rodgers and Hilliard are those guys. They just need a little bit more time to play. They'll be fine. Yeah. Um, when I'm looking at the outfield, man, I'm looking more at like in like two or three years, I'm looking at Hilliard, Veen, and Montgomery. Man, that gets me excited. That's that gets one, me really excited. Same, man. Like, I think that, like, just, and then not only that, but you got Brenton Doyle, who I know you don't uh, keep. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't know but, much about him. Uh, a lot of people love him. And, uh, I mean, exactly. Like, you take a look at Veen, Montgomery, and I wouldn't be, honestly, bro, I wouldn't be surprised if we do draft another outfielder this upcoming draft just to make it a little bit more scary. Yeah, but more have a better depth. Yeah, third depth, I mean, which is fine. I, I get it. Um, like, if they got a second round outfielder, like, I'll be fine. At first or second round, like, I preferably first round, I'd rather get in the infielder. Mm-hmm. Like the I agree. Round. Like, we need to be looking at second base. Like, even if, yeah, you know, yep. usually you don't you typically don't draft based on needs, but if there's an elite second baseman on the board, we got to get him. Yeah. Um, and that's a conversation that we could have uh, once we get closer to the season, uh, if we have another conversation like this, but um, about the draft. But like, I think the Rockies should focus on uh, some infielders in the draft, pitching as well. But I, I feel like you need to focus on the infield. But looking at Rogers, Rogers was elite in the second half. I mean, he was arguably one of the best defensive and offensive second basemen in baseball. Period. In the second mm-hmm. half. Um, Rogers, like his first home run came against um, was the Athletics, and after that he just went off. And I think in the first, like after that, like uh, like a few days later he got a second, and then like a day or two later he got another one. It's like he had three home runs in like one week, and it's like oh here we go, here's the power. Because I was concerned at first because I was like oh crap, like you know this is our first round pick. Was that a waste? Because Brendan Rogers, he was supposed to be the next guy after Tulo. And we were like, Oh boy, is this just a waste of a pick? But then we realized this is why we drafted this guy. And now we see why. And we're so excited for Brendan Rogers because not only the defense is there, the offense is there. And it kind of reminds me of DJ LeMahieu. Um, except yeah, maybe, he's, maybe to me the, he's, um, I actually really wouldn't know who I would comp him against because uh, LeMahieu, 
he was below league average hitter. He hit for average. Like I keep saying, like we shouldn't really be focusing on average hitters. Yeah. Um, but Lemayu was super versatile uh, when it came to defense. You know, he could play basically anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I look at Rogers, I'm like, I don't really know who I see. Maybe if you combine Lemayu and uh, Story, that's who I would look at because Rogers mm-hmm. has a ton of power, and that was something oh, yeah. DJ never hit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, DJ, he had that one good year in 2019, and after that, you know, he's kind of dipped off a little bit. He's still good, but, you know, his batting average is really the only thing that's keeping him good, I feel yeah. like. Um, like His it, batting he, average and his versatility, that's usually, that's what we used him for, you know. Mm-hmm. But the package that you really want in a second baseman or any infielder is uh, batting average, home runs, and, and like in the power, slugging, OPS, OPS+, plus, war, all that. Rodgers yeah. has it. He has an elite, elite package. And listen, I, I'm really excited for Rodgers. He's, like I said, he's going to be, and I think you can agree with me on this, is that he's going to be an all-star eventually. It's just, he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be great. And and I, I think the Rockies should consider, not now. I know he's still on a some type of contract right now. But I think the Rockies should start thinking about signing him to a multi-year deal. I agree. No, I agree, yeah. We and, need to be looking at extending yeah. our young guys until, like, Kingdom Come. I have no idea. Like, sign yeah. up to, like, 12-year deals. Yeah. Same thing uh, now with Sam Hilliard. And I, I agree that we should do the same thing with Sam Hilliard. Um, he's been, Like, the dude literally, whenever he hits a home run, wherever it lands, it could kill you. Goes to the moon, yeah. Like, he almost took out a panel at Coors Field. That's how hard it hit. Like, the exit velocity on those home runs, like, 150. 10 plus home of miles per hour it's insane like he's gonna kill somebody one of these days like in the upper deck that's how much power he has like it's insane like um i like we talked about him earlier but he's going to be in the home run derby eventually i don't know he could be in the home run derby this year i would love to see him even if he's not eligible i'd love to see him hopped into a home run derby yeah and um either way he's still gonna hit bombs and like i remember um, after 2019, this is before we kind of saw the dip um, in Sam, but I remember in, after 2019 when he had that crazy run in September um, because I was at one of those games where he was just doing extremely well. Um, I was like, Sam Hilliard is going to be the next Charlie Blackman or better. Yeah. And 2020, it was like, oh, man, that sucks because I was hoping for him to have a good year. But part of it is because of the short season. Um, short season, he, he got no opportunity. I mean, Sam, you know, even – last year like when he did get those at bats he smashed the ball like i'm talking like home runs not even you know making contact or anything yeah like he didn't have any really place on the roster because you had david Dahl, tapia blackman um and then who else like out there uh well desmond didn't play that just i just remembered but yeah it's like yeah like what you said sam hillier didn't really play in 2020 it's the the same issue i have now that we had with sam back then we just have too many outfielders like yeah um but, like, you know, for Sam Hilliard, I think for him, like, he – defensively, he's really, really good. Um, he kind of reminds me – like, I know Rodgers um, and Hilliard are, like, they're both different positions, but they kind of remind me of each other. You know, they both started off very, very cold. Well, kind you of, know, yeah. But, like, well, Rodgers, it was different because, you know, he recently got called up in the middle of the season. Hilliard got called up, like, in September or August, whenever it was. Um, but both of them – got off to cold starts and now at the end of the season in 2021 they started ripping the cover off the ball which is very very promising and it just for me i think 
I, I still think Hilliard's going to do extremely well. I think he's a 30, 35 home run type of guy. Easily. 40 home run guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And especially if you're if he, if he plays at course field, like, half of his games. I mean, come on, insane, you know? Um, the only thing concern I have is just, like, for him to success in 2022, he has to have more playing time. Yeah. Number one, he cannot – he should never be called down to AAA ever again. Um, like even they, not even a triple A, I never want to see him on the bench for more than two days in a row. Yeah. And, and see ha- like if you like, if, okay. So if you have uh, Tapia in left, Hampson in center and Blackman in right, and uh, Joe is the DH, um, since we're having the DH this year, yeah. uh, just have, just have Hilliard. Uh, well, I know had Joe at first base or whatever, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. have Hilliard on the bench, the first guy if off the bench or either have him on the, uh, on the lineup, just have him yeah. because you have to have him. You cannot have, uh, you know, uh, whoever like um, an outfield like Valade or uh, in the outfield rather than Hilliard. That just is, yeah, we, we can't have that. You have to have Hilliard playing. It's just that my hope is that he doesn't have another season where like he doesn't do well until like August or September. I don't think that's going to happen ever again. I think he knows that. And I think with some stuff that's been going on in his life, um, and uh, and all that. I think that's going to motivate him to do even better. And I think he's going to be a better person at the end of all this. And I think, you know, Sam Hilliard, he went into, uh, I think, the Dominican League this past offseason, and he crushed the ball. I have he, no doubt. Yeah, I, I can put those up. Yeah, he did very, very well. And I think um, some other guys did too. I think Elias did, did that as well. But um, I'm excited for Sam Hilliard. I think these... You know, I think for me, my next superstar for the Rockies, if I had to pick one, would be Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. But actually, I'm more picking both of them to be the next superstars for the Rockies. Um, I think. Because, oh, yeah. No, keep going. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. Like, I think those are the only two guys right now on the roster. Obviously, we know that Dean and Montgomery and uh, and Romo will be the next guys after that, but. These guys, I think they're, they're still going to be on the on the lineup when those guys come up. So can you imagine a lineup of Bean, Hilliard, um, Montgomery, Rogers, um, Drew Romo as a catcher? We're finally going to have, if, if things work out for Drew Romo, we might actually have a Buster Posey type of catcher in Drew yeah. Romo. Like, I'm so pumped for Drew Romo because we finally drafted a real catcher that can actually hit and actually has good defense. Well, actually, I've heard the defense is kind of shaky for Romo, but the offense is really, really good. And I'm fine with that. I'd rather have good offense than, like, shaky defense because you still have Diaz or maybe even uh, if Nunez gets better. I mean, Nunez has better defense than he does offense anyway. So, um, dude, I'm, I'm pumped for our catchers. I think we're going to have a postseason team regardless mm-hmm. Like within like two, two or three years, optimistically. Yeah, I really do. And listen, like I remember after the Nolan Arenado trade, you know, I was one of those people that were like, oh, there's no way we're going to make the playoffs in the next six or seven years. Uh, I mean, we might have somewhat of a good team, but but now I think we're at the window of, hey, like, honestly, dude, it feels like kind of like 2015, 2016 type of times when the Rocks were just about to get there. Yeah, I feel like we're there now where we're about to get there. And I, I, I'm excited. And listen, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs this year. Um, oh, yeah, no chance. Our, I don't, at least, you know, if it were up to me, we wouldn't make the playoffs this year. We yeah. really wouldn't even make them next year. I would be looking yeah. toward a couple, yeah. like two, like I said, two seasons from now. Yeah. However, I mean, you never, I mean, you take a look at uh, the Giants. I mean, they were 
I think I feel like we're going to be kind of like the Giants where they were in 2019, uh, where they were kind of like they're getting better. 2020 was kind of like the same way, and then 2021 they were just elite. Yeah, I mean that would oh good require a different. I feel like a different organizational outlook. And yeah. Definitely a different manager, you know. Yeah. You you know my whole opinion on Bud Black. I just don't think he's the right guy for. Especially yeah. Want to be competitive, but he's the right guy for the clubhouse. Just wrong guy for on field operation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for me, I, I just think we're almost there, and I think that with Rodgers and Hilliard at the helm of it, especially. I mean, these guys are going to be the next leaders of this. Yeah. Team. With V. That's, like, that's I, the thing, like. Um, you know, Blackman, you know, he might retire after this year, might retire after next year, he might just live out the rest of his contract with us, but he's got to, mm-hmm. he's got to put, I feel like, you know, as much attention into his on-field play as he does in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. He, I want to make sure that, like, he's, he's fostering the kind of leadership that, you know, Chuck, you know, Charlie, not really known for the leadership in the clubhouse, but he's a mm-hmm. good clubhouse guy, right? Yeah. Like, he should, he should be putting in all that work for, sure. for uh, for the team as much as he is on the field, you know. And, and for sure, like, and, you know, and of course I'm getting off track from Rodgers and Hilliard, but that's one thing that Nolan never did. Nolan never was that guy that reached out to the other guys and said, hey, you need to do this. Nolan was never like that. Ryan McMahon learned on his own. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. That's why I love Ryan McMahon, because Ryan McMahon learned on his own. Hey, if Nolan won't teach me, I'm going to learn on my own, and I'm going to be him. Exactly. And listen, I, in every aspect, uh, except the offensive stats, Ryan McMahon was better than Nolan Arenado this past year. And yeah, um, defensively, yeah. Yeah, defensively, yeah. But offensively, Nolan was better with the stats and all that. But um, that's what I love about Ryan McMahon. And I think Ryan McMahon is kind of like that leader guy, too. Like Blackman, Rymack, um, Brendan Rodgers. I think he's one of those guys that kind of are vocal in the, in the dugout. Yeah, I think McMahon, if anybody has a better chance of being the captain of the team in the next few years, I think McMahon is that guy. Like we keep talking about Rodgers and Hilliard, you know, they're going to be our superstars, but I think McMahon's going to be the leader of that team. Which makes me so excited because, like, uh, and, and, like, listen, like, um, McMahon was kind of like Rodgers and Hilliard. McMahon really had a, you know, he was clutch a few times in 2018 with those walk-off home runs against the Dodgers. Um, and then, you know, 2017, like, McMahon was kind of like those guys. He didn't have a great start. Then all of a sudden, he hit, like, 24 home runs in 2019 um, and or something like that. And, yes, that's cumulatively, you know, don't look very great when you look deeper. But, you know, yeah. 25 home runs with, with gold glove defense is really nothing to scoff at. Right, right. And so um, – but yeah, that, I think the Rockies' feature is great, especially with Rodgers and Hilliard at the helm, and put in um, Rymac um, in there. I mean, our with the infield, if we draft some minor league infielders, I know that we have some good infielders. I like Trejo; his defense is good, but he needs more time. Yeah. But I think we're gonna have a really good team in the next two to three years. I think. Yeah, people are gonna be surprised when we do too, because. You know, we get disrespected every second exactly. of every day. I know, bro. Yeah, it just um, and, and it's just that people. The one thing that just gets me is that there's so many like, and they call themselves Rockies fans. It's like, well, I'm gonna you know boycott the team. That's gonna help. No, it's not. Yeah. It's like, and listen, people are still gonna show up to Coors Field regardless of whether they're good or bad. Listen, I know there's a factor if they're bad. People, most people, or some people won't show up, but still. Um, you know, you take a look at the years of 2010. The Rockies didn't make the playoffs, and here almost every single game at Coors Field that year was sold out. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and here, like they had a very good team, and still they didn't make the playoffs. But 
but you know, I know I'm getting a little bit of a way here, but like, I just, I'm super excited. I'm, I want to be positive and I don't want to be a Rockies fan that's negative. Yeah. Because I don't like being negative about the Rockies. Listen, I know the front office isn't great, but there are worst ownerships in baseball, like the Rays, the athletics for like the athletics are trash, completely trash. Not, need to, not necessarily true, but keep going. Yeah. Like, well, Listen, I, like they need a new ballpark for sure. Um, I kind of like the Coliseum. I kinda that's, like the Coliseum. That, that's more of the city of Oakland's problem than it is the yeah. organization that runs Oakland. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Um, it's just that, like, the only thing I need to say is that um, is this: um, the Rockies' ownership is bad, but it's not. I don't think it's the worst, absolute worst. Yeah. Um, Dick Monfort. Listen, I listened to a, a, a podcast. He works for the Rockies. Um, media or he used to and then he's working with a different company but he was saying that um dick monfort is not the entire source of the rockies problems he's not yeah Uh, it's the gm is the guy that is usually the helm at the problems the signings the trades and all that yeah but who pulls those strings you know what i'm saying that's true that's true and dick monfort i feel like is one of those gms that has his hand a little too far in the cookie jar yeah, and, and see, that's why I really don't like him a part of the, the CBA negotiation because it's like he's trying to manipulate some of the players. And listen, in my opinion, and listen, I know some baseball players and uh, maybe Justin Lawrence or whoever um, that follows my page might be listening to this, and no offense to you guys, but I feel like both sides are at fault. Yeah, I don't really want to get into the CBA. I would totally yeah. – or the yeah, I would love to get into that in a whole separate podcast, but I could talk about that for yeah hours. I mean – but. Yeah, but either way, I, I think that I'm just like as a Rockies fan. Um, I like during these times, especially with the Rockies, what they're going through. I'm going to be as positive as I can. I'm not going to leave the team. I'm not going to quit the team for what they've gone through because that's a part of baseball. It happens. And um, however, you know, yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah, um, my only thing there is, uh, how can you call yourself a fan if you're not a fan of the team you're a fan of? Yeah, or you constantly go on their Instagram page and say that sell the team, sell the team, and yeah. like I'm going to a game. Listen, you guys support like that's not a real fan. A real fan, it will be with the team through thick and thin. Yes, your your team will make mistakes now and then, but still, you have to have your own opinion on that. And yeah, uh, yeah. so anyway, guys, I think that will do it. Um, Justin, thanks for coming on in. Yeah, of course, it was awesome talking to you. I'd love to come back sometime. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, anyway, guys, um, that'll do it. Go follow Justin on Instagram at jmc.sports. Great Instagram page for Major League Baseball news all year long. Uh, hopefully, we get this lockout done and over with in the next few weeks or hopefully less than that. But I don't think so. It will probably take some more time. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Peace out. Go Rocks.